Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Izenzo is a apostle. Acts chapter number 11. And I'm just going to read verse number 26 only. And then just share a few principles. We are going to pray. And then we are going to just fellowship together, then go home. Amen. 11, chapter 11, verse number 26. And then, and then it says, and when he, talking about Barnabas, when he had found him, uh, referring to Saul, who later on became Paul, um, it says, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and did what? And taught a great many people, right? A great many people. And then it says, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It's a very key scripture because it brings understanding so that we realize that this term Christian we were not just given this term because we are people who um, play instruments at church when we worship there's a reason why the scripture records this moment to say there was a time where believers were just regarded as disciples. These are just followers of Jesus. But there was a moment where officially, officially they were called Christians. So this term Christian is not a by-the-way term. It's, it's a term that I remember one day somebody once said, uh, Christ is Jesus' is sending, because it's Jesus Christ. And, and, and simply because we used to that whole vibe of a first name and a second, or a last name, you know, which is our surname. But that is not the case, as we are going to see even today, that when we call ourselves Christians, this thing is much more deeper than that. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We ask that you will speak to us by your spirit. Open our eyes. Give us understanding. Transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm sure we will remember, Bazalwane, that there was a time when the Lord Jesus Christ described what he was doing at that time as his father's business. And of course, we know that his father is our father. That's why he came and he said to the disciples when they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he said, this is how you shall pray, our father. So Jesus' father is also our father. And I'm sure you will remember this incident where he was attending a festival together with his parents. And at some point, he disappeared. This is when they were returning and I, I don't know, but I think I also need, out of my many conversations I want to have with people in heaven, I think I also need a moment with Joseph and Mary because the Bible says, you know, for a day they assumed that as they were walking back home, Jesus was somewhere, you know. Um, I, I wonder what kind of parents are they? I mean... I need to have a moment with them just to ask to say, how can you just go for 24 hours and just make an assumption that your child is somewhere here? But when they realized that he's not around, they went back to look for him, and three days went by. And they then eventually find him. And the Bible clearly says when they find him, you know, he was in the synagogue listening uh, to the teachers there, it says, and also asking them questions. Um, so here is this 12-year-old. Remember, he was 12 at that moment. 
He's sitting with the teachers. My assumption is that they were older than him and engaging them in serious conversations regarding the scriptures and the religion at that point. And, and when they finally find him, and I'm sure, you know, if they were African parents, they were going to ask questions later. The first thing that Jesus was going to get was hiding. Uh, but, you know, as they find him and they tell him, hey, man, you got us worried. We've been looking for you. Jesus gives them this shocking response. He gives them this shocking response, which is found in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 49. He says to them, why did you seek me? I mean, you were not going to finish that sentence. Not in Africa, not in South Africa. You were not going to finish the what? Why were we seeking? What are you talking about? You know, either if a shoe was going to fly or something, you know, um, um, especially my mom. I was not going to respond like that if I were Jesus. My mom was just going to put me in my place there and there. Why did you seek me? By the way, she still, even up to this day, still reprimands me like nobody's business. And I'm I'd like, I will, I'll be like, Mom, I'm over 40 years old. I mean, chill. And I'm your pastor for that matter, you know. <laughs> I led you to Christ. <laughs> hey, she's my spiritual daughter. Hey, that's even deeper. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus then says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business. Now he is talking to his father. He's talking to his father and he mentions another father. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> he was walking on thin ice. But the emphasis that I want us to focus on, it is the fact that Jesus refers to what he was doing at that particular moment as business, his father's business. He says, don't you see I'm taking care of business? Take note, Jesus at that point, he was not selling anything. He was not trading. He was not buying anything. He was not exchanging goods and services and, uh, for money or anything, but he was just engaging in serious conversation, religious conversations with these leaders. And according to him, according to him, it was not just an ordinary uh, thing that he was doing. It was not just a religious activity that he was engaged in at that moment. But he says it was some serious business. It was his father's business. I mean, for him to even respond like that to his parents, it means even what he was doing at that point, he took it very seriously. Are we here, Bazalwan? And he was fully engaged in it. And can you imagine they've been looking for him for three days? So it means he was really engaged in this and he regarded it as his father's business. So in other words, therefore, Bazalwani, the systems, the activities, the entities of the kingdom of God must not be seen, especially by us, as just religious things. They must not be seen as just religious activities. They must not be seen just as religious entities. And when I say entities, I mean any, you know, anything that is established through the kingdom of God and it exists within the parameters of the principles of the kingdom of God. The one thing that we must know is that we must not just regard them as religious activities or systems that are there or entities, but we need to look at them uh, as kingdom business. And we as the citizens of the kingdom of God, we need to look at ourselves as agents of that kingdom. Agents who are taking care of the business of the kingdom of God. Are we here? Because as agents now, we need to realize that we are those who have been given power and authority to act on behalf of our king as we are in the kingdom of God. Let us take note, Bazalane, that when the Bible speaks about the church, the Bible does not refer to the four walls 
that we are in today. When the Bible talks about the church, it is talking about you and I. We are the church. As a matter of fact, we are the living stones through which Jesus is building his church. So, so we need to look at ourselves as those that are going to be used. So when Jesus was saying, I will build my church and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. He was talking to us as the agents of the kingdom of God. He says, I will give you the keys. In other words, I will give you power and authority to administrate the affairs of the kingdom of God. In other words, to administrate the affairs, the business affairs of the kingdom, because that's how he is looking at it. He is looking at it as a business entity. So that we can, as we function and we operate in it, we can understand that we are not just involved in just a by-the-way type of a thing. This is business. Tell your neighbor and say, this is business. So this, we are, we are part of what God regards as, as his business. He takes it that personal. This is his business. And he says, uh, Jesus, when talking to Peter, he says... Um, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So in other words, this is something that I am building and I am not planning to fail. And I am trusting you, he says, I will give you the keys. In other words, I will trust you with administrating the business affairs of the kingdom. So as the church, we have that responsibility. We need to understand that we are involved in something that God takes very serious. It's not a by-the-way thing. And that's why, therefore, we need to understand that Christianity is not supposed to be part of our lives. But Christianity is supposed to be our lives. It is our way of life. As a matter of fact, once Christianity becomes part of your life, it becomes a burden. It becomes difficult. Because... You will then operate and function out of that sense of duty to say, I must to prove that I am a Christian. But if you are truly a Christian and a believer, living your life through Christ, Paul puts it this way, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives and dwells on the inside. He's the one who is in charge. As a matter of fact, I'm just following the rhythms of his grace. That's what the scripture says. That's why he says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, but, but once I make Christianity part of my life, I'm trying to live my life and accommodate being a Christian. Then it becomes difficult. As a matter of fact, it produces religion. Because you'll be forever trying to be a Christian. You know, it's like you, you will live your life and try to be religious. And then be like, oh, it's like every day you have got to explain yourself that you are, people must not be surprised when from time to time they see you pray. It's like, you are, I am some kind of a religious person, you know, I'm a bit of a spiritual, you know, when we try to justify ourselves. And that means there are certain things that when we do, people get surprised. So, oh, are you that gang? That sometimes prays. But if Christianity is our way of life, Everything that we think, do, and say says Christ. And therefore, it becomes our way of life. It's not something I am adding on top of what I am, uh, I am already doing. But this is who I am. It's the essence of my being and my, the way that I think, the way that I operate. It needs to say Christian. Not when I'm coming to church. And, and sometimes many of us, we become way too uptight when we come to church. It's like we're trying hard. It's like you can be someone else there, but as soon as we walk in, it's like, what happened to that dude who was, you know, alive? And, and some of us, I think if I had a drone, uh, I would take footages of us when we are at work and when we are watching soccer and when we are, the way that we are so alive. And once we come to church, we get arrested. I don't know why. 
I don't know about you, but before I got saved, I was a, um, I was pretty much alive. You know, I was a DJ. I used to dance uh, and do all of those. I, I, I'm like, I'm a person of fun. And when, in my first year or two, you know, when I got saved, I really tried. Like, I really tried to all of a sudden, you know, I, yeah, and look like, like I would try my level best to wear a tie every day. I used to carry like the, the Bible, uh, not the Bibles we are carrying today, like the red one with the, with the, with the black. No, no, that's not a Bible. Listen, this is not, this is not, this is not a, it's not, not, that looks fancy. I'm talking about the one with red lips on it. I used to walk around with that thing so that I can look the part. And at some point, I realized this is not me. And, and, and I just sensed God confronting me, saying, but what are you doing? And, and then I was fine for quite some time. And I became myself. I started being loose again. And I learned how to enjoy myself in the presence of God. Come to church, really sing, really just lose my mind the way that I used to do. You know, you know, many of us here, they used to make a circle for us. When The minute you start dancing, it's like, wow, you know. You know, they, they will, I mean, you will dance until you are, you know. Uh, and, 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 and then I was called into the ministry. Then I became a pastor. That's where another problem began. Because I had this image that if you are a pastor, this is how you're supposed to look. And man, I tried. I pulled every stunt in the book and I used to complain every morning, tell my wife, oh, this tie is just, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, like, this tie is tying. <laughs> and I used to be so tired. I used to be so uptight, you know. And I tried for years, for that matter. I was, I was bald-headed because that's how many pastors look. Three piece, man, I had suits for years. Then at some point, I realized, man, this is too hard. And one morning, I told my wife, I was like, I'm done. So like, done what? I was like, I'm done. Uh, I'm just going to live my life, you know. I'm just, this is the comfortable version of me. And I was like, I'm just going to be comfortable. I said, are you sure? I mean, the first day, she nearly collapsed. Because I woke up, wore sneakers and a hoodie and track pants. And I said, we're going to... She was like, what on earth are you doing? I was like, I was like, because I'm not going to choke up in here trying to please them. So if they want to go, let them go. I'm just going to be my... And then she says, no, but I understand being you, but that's extreme. I was like, that's okay. Let's give them a shock. (laughs) And when I showed up that morning to cut the long story short, everyone had a sigh of relief. They were like, oh, thank you. We've been waiting for this moment. And they were so happy. And I was like, look at us. Look at us, look at us. All along we've been trying to just patch this thing so that we can look the part. And, 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 and you know, it was a difficult thing. That's a difficult thing. We, we tried to look, to look. And, and this is where I got to understand that if Jesus stood out like that, they were not going to need Judas to show them who Jesus was. That's how ordinary he was. Like it's like everyone, every in most cases, people who don't know me, when they come to church and they're looking for the pastor of the church, like if when I show up, you can see the disappointment on their face. It's like wow, <laughs> wow. It's like wow. It's 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 um, uh, even the guys I was once hijacked and stuff like that. The guys took me along and and on the on the way they asked me, so where do you work? I'm like I'm a pastor. What? You, you are, don't be playing with us. You are a pastor. What do you mean you are a pastor? And at that moment, thank you, Jesus, Pindi from church calls. 
And then as I answer, because they answered, the call put me on speaker. And as she talks, and just she refers to me as Mfundisi, you know, I'm just, because I was on my way to, a, to the appointment at church when I got hijacked. And she was telling me, so and so is waiting for you here. And that's when they were convinced that, oh, he really, he's a pastor. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, but I don't wish that for anyone. I, I pray that God will just protect you as he protected me that day. He spared my life. Amen. So that's how we just need to function and operate and see ourselves as those who are going to be Christians and consistently so. But take note, Bazalon, as I close. This is my first I close. You know I have many closes, but this is the first one. But here's what the scripture says. You and I, we were established here on earth to take care of business. In all of our spheres of influence, all of the sectors where God has placed us, we need to see ourselves as those who are an extension of the kingdom of God. We, we don't cease to be those agents when we walk out of church on Sunday. We, we are taking this mandate everywhere we go, in our communities, in our families, at work, in our businesses. We go out there knowing how God looks at us. But, but take note, Barcelona. So, so, so Barnabas and Saul, the Bible tells us that they connect, they go to Antioch. They say for the whole year, here's what they were doing. They were teaching, they were preaching, teaching, and training other leaders at that particular point in time. And then the Bible says, then at that point, for the first time, it says that disciples were called Christians. Out of that commitment of that activity, out of that consistency and persistence, out of realizing that, you know what, these people, they mean business. And it seems as if there is a spirit that they are carrying. And this spirit that they are carrying, that seems to drive them. We can only compare it to the same spirit that rested upon Jesus. It does not look like anything that was upon Herod. It does not look like anything that was upon any other religious leader. And then the Bible says, for the first time they are called Christians. But take note because, of course, English always tries its level best to use a corresponding English word to just describe the scenario. But that word called, it does not mean we were just given a name. It does not mean we were just given a name. Take note, Bazalan. That word called there is the Greek word chrematizo, uh, and it simply means to utter an oracle, right? Which, which means to speak the word of God. It also means to reveal, right? So in other words, for the first time, they are revealed as Christians. These are disciples, but for the first time, people get a revelation, and they are speaking in the same way that Peter spoke about Jesus, and Jesus said... Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So the people in Antioch, as they are observing the believers coming together, Paul and Saul committed each and every day, teaching them the word, training them. They then for the first time receive a revelation and they say these are Christians. But take note, that word is not just, it does not just mean to utter an oracle or to reveal, but it also means to constitute a firm for business. So in other words, officially, this group of disciples were constituted as a firm that was going to be engaged in kingdom business. But they are not called for the first time there any other thing. They are not called religious leaders. They are not called uh, disciples anymore. They are not called any, any, anything. They are not even called pastors for that matter. But they are called for the first time Christians. These are the people who carry the same grace I meant. This is the very same people who carry the same grace that was upon Jesus Christ. These, these are the same people who carry the same power. They taught with the same authority. They are persistent. They are the way that they carried themselves. In other words, they were seen as those that, you know what, these people are not here for a season. This is not just something that is going to just come and go. This is not just, you know, one of those trends 
that are there and then it is there for maybe in the next three years. But these people are here for business. They mean business. They are here to stay and we might as well get used to them. But here's what, Barcelona, I want us to, to be reminded of. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter number 19 from verse number 12, it was Jesus, it was Jesus trying to describe the kind of a thing that we are called for, you and I. From verse number 19, the Bible says, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he was just drawing a picture of how he is handling us as the church and as, as, as our Lord, Barcelona. Because he himself, we know that he ascended on high and he is definitely going to return. But in verse number 13, then the Bible says, so he called he called 10. In other words, he just constituted for himself a, a, a firm for business. He called 10 of his servants. Take note. He delivered to them 10 minors, right? And said to them, do business until I come. Another translation says, occupy until I come. So in other words, take your place in society. Take your place in your nation. Take your place in your community. Take your place in the business world. Take your place. But here is what you need to understand. You need to be engaged in kingdom business as you are there. Understand that you are not just representing yourself, but you are representing a kingdom that you are coming from. And you have been given all that it takes. You have been given gifts, you have been given resources, you have been given abilities so that you not just engage in business just for the sake of being engaged in business, but so that you can be engaged in what is called kingdom business. So there are different sectors where you and I are called by God to go and do this kingdom business that I am referring to, Barcelona. And the first one is the ecclesiastical sector. This is where you and I, remember, the Bible tells us that the harvest is ripe, right? The harvest is ripe all over the world. What does it mean? The hearts of the people are ready to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, believe in it so that they can be saved. And all over the world, all of us, we have a world we represent. So when the Bible says, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, you might be waiting to go to the nations. And that is not what God was talking about there. He was simply saying there is a world you are coming from. Some of us are coming from the world of business, the world of entertainment the world of sports and therefore he says go ye therefore into that world and preach the gospel because we are not just there to represent ourselves but we are there to do kingdom business in other words everywhere I am I need to be kingdom minded I need to understand that where I am I am not alone I am a Christian I am the one who is with Christ I have Christ in me the hope of glory as I am here I am not representing myself I am not representing my family I am not representing whoever it is who has sent me but I am representing my father who is in heaven. He is the one who has given me the talents, the abilities the resources and he has said to me wherever you are, occupy do business, be engaged in the business of the kingdom of God. Make sure that you represent me well and therefore some of us of course, we are called by God in the ecclesiastical sector what do I mean? There are some of us who are called into the ministry to be full time in the ministry. That's why we are always holding this mic and preaching. That's why during the week we are in schools we are preaching. Why? That we are called into that sector. We are called into that space. And guess what? We are not just there, you know, just for our sake. We are not there even for our church. We are there because we are doing kingdom business. There is, there is a certain profit that God is looking for. There is that thing that we call the bottom line in business to say there can be so many activities that we can be engaged in, but at the end of the day the bottom line is is this business profitable and when God is sitting in heaven he says I can see you are engaged in so many church activities I can see you are having great Sunday services but where is the bottom line where are the souls where are people who are getting saved where are the people who are touched and impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ and secondly of course another sector is the business sector and when I say business don't think I am only referring to those who have started business is because even when you are employed you are functioning in someone else's business. You are in business. So we must not also look at ourselves as those who are we must not have the employee mentality because then we are not going to take the business that we are engaged in serious. 
let's start from here, Barcelona. If you are employed by somebody, that person has employed you into their business. The fact that you are working does not mean it's not business. You are in business, Nomukashi. And Nomukashi did not employ you because you are nice. He wants to make money. He wants the business to be profitable. He wants the business to be productive. He wants results. And many of us, because our employee mindset says, huh, it's not my business. Why are you there? Why are you there? Why are you there? Because this person is, 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 is engaging or employing your skills and your abilities because they want to be productive. They want to make profit. So all of us, we need to understand that even though I am employed, I'm in business. But let's take it to the level of the church. That even when I am employed or I, am, I have already started a business, I need to understand I am in my father's business. Jesus was sitting in that temple, in that synagogue, engaging, asking questions to those religious teachers who were there, not because he wanted to prove how great he was, how mighty he was. He says, I am doing what I am doing because this is my father's business. I have already started. I am engaging these religious forces so that I can introduce the kingdom of God to them so that they can understand that even when God called you as religious leaders, he was not looking out for you so that you can have a religious position. There is a kingdom that God wants to establish. So Jesus was engaging them in questions so that they can understand and realize that this is not about you. This is about the kingdom business, the business of my father. There is something that God wants to achieve because sometimes as religious leaders, sometimes as business people, sometimes as employees, we can hinder the agenda of the owner of the business. Because we are too obsessed with what we want. We think it's about us. So all of us, when we are employed, sitting behind that computer, know that of course you have a boss, but you also have a boss in heaven. And he is expecting you, even in that particular business, to be engaged. So I need to ask myself, how am I representing the kingdom of God in what I am doing? How am I bringing the light of the kingdom in what I am engaged in? If God were to call me, which is something that we are going to get into maybe later on in the, in the weeks, how can I give account to the one who has called me into that space? We need to, Barcelona, get away from thinking that I can only work for God if I am working at church. That's why, as pastors, see, because Christians, the saints, think ministry work is for pastors. So we come to be blessed, and then so that the pastors can do the work. But Ephesians 4, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men, the Bible says, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, and some to be pastors. That's what the Bible says. And then the next line is a game changer. For the equipping of the saints. That's the job description of pastors and leaders, by the way. For the equipping of the saints, it says, so that they can go and do the work of the ministry. And when I realized that, I was like, whoa, we've been robbing the saints because we were saying they must just come watch us do the work of the ministry. But the Bible actually says when you come, you come to be equipped so that when you go back to work, you can, no, 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 nobody, no colleague of yours is, is supposed to live in darkness, be traumatized by demonic forces while you carry the anointing of Jesus upon your life. And the best thing you can do is to invite them to church. That's not ministry work. That's the beginning. But that's not, that's not the ultimate thing that God is expecting from us. God is expecting you to take care of business at work. So that when somebody is traumatized by life, you can say to them, can I pray with you? Why? Because they were not called the saints. They were not called the disciples. They were called Christians. 
That word Christian is from the word Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. And it was the anointing. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of, in the book of Acts chapter number 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus and he went about doing good. So in other words, this anointing is available even for me as an ordinary Christian. I am not a pastor maybe. I might not be an apostle. I, am, I might not be a prophet. I might not be an evangelist. But there is an anointing of a believer that rests upon me, that equips me and empowers me. That's why Jesus... Jesus speaks these words. He says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So me, when I come to church and I speak in other tongues, it should not be to prove to the next person how spiritual I am. It should remind me of the very fact that I carry the anointing that I'm supposed to take with at work, at my business place, and so forth and so on. And lastly, some of us are called to go into the public sector. Look, And I know the last two are quite difficult sectors to function in. Yeah, but the third one is worse. And all who are working there, we have a language we use to, 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 to refer to them. We say they are public servants. Let me ask this question. Where else can we be better equipped to be servants except for in the kingdom of God? Because Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. He says, the, the one who wants to be great must be the least, must learn how to serve. So in other words, Christians have that added advantage to come and learn how to be servants in the kingdom of God. And understand that as I am called. Listen, there are many of us, we can be frustrated all we like about the public sector. Right? But there are many of us, under the sound of my voice, you are called for that sector, whether you like it or not. They're called for it. And you'll never be happy anywhere else. All that you need to do is to become the light that shines in darkness. The strange thing about God is that he does not call us to places that are already full of light. Because the light is not useful where there's no darkness. As a matter of fact, darkness is caused by the absence of light. When the sun sets, darkness takes over. It's not that darkness came from somewhere. Darkness does not exist. It is the absence of light. That allows darkness to take over. But there's no source of darkness. But, but God says, you are the light of this world. He's talking about us. He says, you are not supposed to be that light that is going to be hidden under the table. So in other words, if I refuse to be engaged in kingdom business, I choose to hide under the table. And when I hide under the table, darkness is going to take over in my office, in my workplace, in my wherever I am working. In other words, the more I shrink. Because one thing I know about the devil, the devil is not shy, Barcelona. The devil is not shy. The devil will not hold back. The devil likes going public. He will always be on everyone's face. The, the devil, that's why many of us, we are hiding our Bibles. While the world is not hiding and all of that. We are hiding who we are. They, they become the darkness that seeks to dominate. But we are supposed to be the light that shines and penetrate different spaces and demonstrate. We are here representing the kingdom. So that also means I need to look at how I treat the people that I have employed. Need to look at how I treat the people I'm supposed to serve. As a public servant. 
Because I need to understand I'm not just here representing myself. I am representing Jesus. I am allowing him to, because remember, Jesus went before us and he demonstrated that fact. Jesus came. He did not just touch the religious world. Jesus impacted the business space like nobody's business. Jesus was the one who, who came and, and the Bible says he saw Zacchaeus from a distance. He did not run away from him simply because he was that dodgy business person. But he said, Zacchaeus, come down. And he said, today I'm coming into your house. He said, I know you are a dodgy businessman. I know all of your tax issues. I know everything that is going on. But today the light is coming into your house. And the moment the light comes in, Zacchaeus does not even wait for Jesus to say anything about his dodgy business dealings. He just says, you know, Jesus, because you are here, I realize that, you know what, I am just this sinner. But because your light is shining, I cannot help it but repent. You know what, as from today, Jesus, I'm going to correct my way. You know, every, every person, you know, that I've, I've done wrong, I am going to go and correct my ways. He says, I'm going to repay everybody. Why? Because the light came in. Can you imagine? What can happen in this world where we as the believers can take advantage of the anointing that we carry and realize that you know what? I am not just a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am not just a saint. I am not just an ordinary believer. But I am a Christian. I am called a Christian for a reason. Because there is an anointing of God that rests upon my life. You know, I am called to penetrate business and so that I can conduct business in an unusual way. I cannot be in a space and business continues as usual. It needs to be business unusual. The business might, must remain usual if I am not there. But as soon as I step in, it must be business unusual. I am reminded of how Joseph came into the territory that was full of darkness with a wicked king. But it never became business as usual because somebody with the anointing of Jesus Christ upon his life just stepped into the palace up to a point that the king realized that everything that you touch seems to be working. It seems as if you know the blessing that is upon you is changing the atmosphere. Maybe you are sitting here and you are saying to me, Mfundisu, you don't know the world we are working in. You don't understand that the spaces where we are working in, it is so toxic as we always say. I know how toxic the world is. I preach in the same world. When we go to schools, it is as toxic. When we go to the streets it is as toxic but what makes the difference it is for us to depend on the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon us that as soon as we hit that street it is business unusual as soon as we get into that school it is business unusual we are going to interrupt the demonic forces that are trying to cause confusion in our workplaces in the education sector the anointing of the Holy Ghost needs to enter into regions and territories and into Introduce business unusual. We cannot be in the same region and the devil is going to be comfortable. Demons need to be screaming. Just like when Jesus approached and that man who was full of demons said to him, what are you doing here? Because you are here to torment us. And Jesus said, it's your choice. It's either I torment you or you go. Because we cannot share the same space. I am prophesying to a group of believers that we need to rise up and realize I am not just an ordinary believer. I am not just a disciple. I am not just a religious person. I am not just praying religious prayers. I am not just attending church services. I have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon my life. I carry the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to me, I shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon me. When I speak in tongues, I am reminding myself of that power. When I'm praying the Holy Ghost, I am reminding myself of that power. I am anointed. I am called a Christian. Don't say, no, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. I'm not. Listen, you are a Christian. There's power in that. By a Christian, hey. by a follower of the anointed one, yes. and his anointing rubs off on you. 
And the Bible says about this anointing, because many of us, like I said, we say, no, I work in toxic spaces. I understand in fundis. Okay, I understand. But here's what I know. The Bible says about us as the Christians. The Bible says, and the Lord leads us in triumph. As a matter of fact, it says always, always he leads us in, not, not sometimes. He says he always leads us in triumph. It says in every place where we go, this is what it says, we diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge. What does that mean? It simply means the anointing that we carry because it was made out of spices and some of them had a fragrance. In other words, when I step into the office, there's a fragrance I carry upon me. And when I step into a toxic environment, guess what? I diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. In other words, in a world full of hate, I walk in love. In a place where there are gossips and sabotage, I choose to be a man and a woman of integrity. And I diffuse the fragrance of the fact that I know a man and his name is Jesus Christ. I know a God of heaven who knows how to place kings and remove kings. I know a God of heaven who changes times and seasons. Therefore, it cannot be business as usual. Mfundisi, do you mean? Are we not going to face battles? You are going to face battles. That's why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. What does that mean? The gates of hell will fight. The devil is not just is not just going to fold his arms and watch you run a successful business. He's not going to fold his arm and watch you climb that corporate ladder. He's not going to fold his arm, watch you being promoted, receiving salary increases. He's going to fight the hell out of you. But when he begins to fight, that's the moment to remember what you carry. That's the moment to remember that you have a closet. That's the moment to remember that I have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That the same God who anointed Jesus it is the same God who can anoint me today. That's why Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, he says. You are anointed. Let's stand on our feet, please. You are anointed by God. It cannot be business as usual wherever you work. Hold your position with authority and power and know that when you were anointed, God was not just giving you a religious experience. He was empowering you for challenges, for obstacles. Man, the kind of demons I face every day, just doing this work and thinking because I am a pastor, it's all smooth sailing. Every day, I've got demons that are confronting me with problems and challenges each and every day because they don't like this church. They don't like the work that we are doing. But the one thing I know, and guess what? I get tired sometimes. I get discouraged sometimes. I get frustrated sometimes. But it's time I kneel down and I pray. God reminds me of this one thing. That we are anointed. That we are called. I have constituted a firm for business. And he says to me, stand up and take care of business. That's why the Bible says about David, there was a moment he had to encourage himself. Where there was no text coming from anyone to encourage him. Where there was no phone call. Where there was no sermon at that point, he said, you know what? If there's no one else to encourage me, I will encourage myself. That's why the Bible says, that's why I appreciate the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, when we are praying in the Holy Spirit... We are building ourselves up in our most holy faith so that we can be strengthened in our inner man. So that when you see me smile, you think all is well. Elijah, Babshan, the one chapter, he calls fire from heaven. In the midst of all of the prophets of Baal standing there challenging his authority. He's on a high spiritually. On a high. He even challenges them. He says, pour water even on your sacrifices, he says. That's how much he was on a high. 
And after they cut themselves trying to call on their gods, he shows up and he says, oh, you who answers by fire. In that instance, the consuming fire of God comes, consumes the sacrifices and everything that was there, the water, everything. The next chapter, he's depressed. The voice of Jezebel haunting him. He sits down, he's distressed. The Bible says, the Bible says he ran. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The same guy was calling, calling yes. fire. Yes. Same guy who was calling fire. Yes. Same guy who was calling fire. Yes. Chased by a woman. Yes. Say, I'm going to deal with you. Yes. He runs. The Bible says he sits. The very same God he called yes. to bring down fire. He says to him, God, kill me. Says, in other words, I want to commit suicide, but not through my hands. I want to do it through you. So just take this load off of me. Just do it. If it's you, at least you are a just God. You cannot be blamed. But at this moment, I want to die. I just want to sleep. And I mean, a chapter before, he was calling fire from heaven. So there will be moments where you will feel like quitting. You will feel like throwing in the, tam- because, the towel because it will be intense. Yeah. It will be in your marriage, in your business, in your career. There will be a times where darkness feels like close is here. Yeah. And I love the fact that God disregards young learn. There's like, you know, if there's one person not to run to when you are, you are in a pity party type of a thing, you want... You want you, you, you want, you know, somebody who's going to, yeah, you, I don't go to God. Like, God, uh, that's why he says, I'll give you another comfort. He says, the Holy Spirit will do that. But God will just, you know, the Father will just look at you and be like, it's like, Elijah, I hear what you're saying, but listen, there's a mantle on you. So just rise up, just get. Just get over yourself. Let's just go. Go. We, we, yeah, he says, rise up. He says, rise up, eat and drink. We have some business to take care of. I, I can't waste another three weeks just trying to just, oh, oh. It just says, eat, rise up, eat and drink. And then he says, let's go. There's Elisha. And, and listen to what he says. He's going to take over from you. It's like before Zbulal, before. So there's a mental on us. Let's just raise up our hands. Just thank God for the anointing this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.